Welcome to the LaSallean Way Online, a digital series produced by Christian Brothers University's Center for Digital Instruction in Memphis, Tennessee. In each episode, we focus on topics in online education and approach them from the LaSallean tradition. St. John Baptist de La Salle created a culture of student-centered teaching and learning focused on transforming the whole person. We aspire to follow the LaSallean way online. Welcome to Christian Brothers University's LaSallean Way Online. I'm your host for today's show. I'm Dr. Dale Hale. I'm also the director of CBU's Center for Digital Instruction, or as we lovingly call it, CDI. We have our whole team here today, and this is going to be an exciting time for us. Uh, with us today is Tyler Isbell, Kyle Papura, and Chantel Bryant. They are our instructional designer team. And then our online student success specialist, Dr. Lorreen Kelly. Uh, today we're gathered around the old digital fireplace to chat about, if someone could insert a drum roll, that would be helpful. <laughs> we're talking about tidying up your Canvas course. You would think this is uh, an important conversation, or maybe you would think this isn't that important, but it is important for our students' sake. Having seen homes that are inhabited by hoarders, you all have seen the hoarders television show, um, you know what it's like? It's an accumulation of stuff. Some of it worth something and some of it worth nothing. And it just keeps accumulating and building up. And the more you purchase, the more it fills your space up until eventually nobody can find anything anywhere. So what we're talking about today is really just that point. Uh, we have students coming into our online classes that are lost. So chime in here. Help me out. What are we doing? Where's the problem? Well, uh, this is Kyle here. So one of the one of the problems I think is is uh, many of us probably assume that Canvas tidies up for us, right? That this is just an automatic process, and it isn't necessarily. And so that's part of it. So our listeners, hopefully, that are listening, will realize, okay, this is not something that Canvas is going to do. The second problem is that when we roll over our courses from semester to semester, and especially if we're now importing uh, content from a previous semester's course into the current semester, uh, we might be importing copies of copies of copies of copies of different pages, assignments, files, videos, etc. And uh, as we roll over from semester to semester two, and this I guess is the, probably the third problem, is um, when BannerWeb communicates to Canvas at the beginning of a semester, it tells Canvas to open up a course shell for every single course. And CDI has written some template pages and content that gets automatically pushed into that shell. And if you're not uh, careful and if you're not diligent, all of that content gets copied and copied and copied. So if you've had a, a popular course 
that has been taught over a five-year period, you know, it's quite possible that you have 10, 11, 12, maybe even 15 or 16 iterations of pages, course uh, files, assignments, and so forth. So we're talking something like a gen ed course, or even, even upper-level courses as well that are very popular. Yes, that's correct. Yep. And um, Kyle, I just wanted to interject uh, from the student perspective, as the, as the online student success specialist, um, it can be it can be really confusing for students because sometimes what you're bringing in is a lot of old dates, um, even things that maybe you unpublished the module, but you didn't really realize that the the old assignment with an old date is still published. And what that'll do is it'll show up in the students' um, Canvas course summary. It'll show up on their uh, dashboard on their Canvas dashboard, and students really rely. On that, um, many students I s have spoken to really, you know, those the, when you put a due date in, it feeds the Canvas dashboard, um, and the student just is able to look at that dashboard and see when they have things due. So many students rely on that. So when there's dates that are incorrect, um, or it also affects their grade book. So when they're looking at their grades, it might show that they have they might start the semester with 20 missing assignments. I've seen that. Um, because they're old, they're old assignments from the previous semester um, that obviously the student wasn't going to do. And, and the student, it's not that students think, oh my gosh, I'm 20 assignments behind. It just looks really depressing, I think, to enter your grade book for the start of the semester and already see all these missing assignments. Um, it makes the student rely on that um, less um, because it, now it's not very reliable. It's starting out with incorrect data, the student knows that. Um, it also affects Starfish um, of what it feeds into there, so it might look like there's more missing assignments for Starfish. Um, so having all those in there, even though people can figure these things out and, and deduce by logic that they were not responsible for assignments due a year ago, um, it still affects how these great tools that help students um, perform better in a class, it can make them ineffective. Um, and then also it really kind of looks a little messy. It looks like the professor may not be attentive um, when they see all these old assignments in there. And if you're not looking where the student's looking, you may not even notice that all of those things are up there. Um, and that's also um, you know, part of the problem. You, if you looked in student view, you would see it, but if you didn't happen to look at the same page as the student is, um, you might not know that they're seeing all of these old things popping up um, on, in their course and on their calendar and other places they rely. That's a really great point, Lorraine. Um, um, Tyler here. Um, just thinking through, um, you know, when you import into a course shell, you know, there, there may be some things that are very obvious to the, the faculty member or the adjunct because your homepage may not look the way that you were expecting it to. You were expecting a, a newer page and it's an older page or you were expecting your uh, welcome message to already be there and then said it's a bunch of def default messaging. So um, those things can be very obvious to you and you know to make those updates, but um, you know, something we always want to remind people is to always go into your course using student view. Go in as a student and look at what they're seeing because there's some things that you, you will see and they won't see. And sometimes all the things that you can see, like, you, like you've like you pointed out, 
are going to be all up in your face and you're going to, you're going to know that those things will be updated and you're going to overlook the things that are actually super visible to your students. So always remember, look at the top right corner of your browser when you're in Canvas and, you know, peer, I would, I would say periodically hit student view and just double check, make sure things are showing up as you would expect your students to see those things. Tyler, you, you make an excellent point there. Uh, there may be people listening to this that, that, maybe the management system doesn't have a student view. Uh, if you're in that case, um, get find a way to, to have a, a student, a fictitious student, so that you can impersonate that student and go in and take a look. Um, in my previous institution, I, I did that. I had, I had a Bubba Hale account, <laughs> and I'd, I would I would uh, sign myself into those uh, into those courses just so I could see from from that student view, and your point is well taken, Tyler. If if we don't see what the student sees, there's no way that we can prepare, be prepared for what the student is going to be doing. So, it, excellent point. And I think you know, from a jumping back to a faculty's perspective, I think sometimes what ends up happening. And Lorene, I think you can probably speak to this because I'm sure that you fielded some student confusion and frustrations over this, is the faculty maybe goes and clicks on the, the syllabus page and scrolls down a little bit and looks at that course summary and, you know, sees that massive jumble of dates. And especially if it's a popular mm. course and it's rolled over from time to time. Right. And, you know, there's that tempting little button <laughs> up at the top that says, hide this. You know, and, and that's, you know, and of course we, we, we click that, right? Because we think that we are saving our students, right? We're simplifying things. And Lorene, that's, that's an error. Yeah, it's really taking away another place where students might be relying on keeping up with your course. Um, because I think, I think we all know, uh, we know this from advertising, right? Repetition. Um, it's so important. You want it in a bunch of different places and heard in a bunch of different ways. And what's, what is beautiful about Canvas when you put those due dates in there, it is repeating in all these different places and it allows students, some students may use that Canvas summary and really rely on it. Others might just use the dashboard. Might, some might use the calendar stream. Um, some might be now using Starfish because it also feeds into Starfish. So um, there are numerous ways that students might be using that one due date that's on a page. You enter it once and it spans out to a bunch of different areas, allowing students the choice of how more ways that they can keep up with their class. Um, but you know that that Canvas course summary that's on that syllabus page, that one gives a really nice overview of they can look ahead if, if you have your whole course published or even if they're just looking if you just have one module published and they're just looking at that week but um, many students are using that page and when you get rid of it um, you've removed another place that they they have may have come to rely upon and I, you know i love that page too because it's automatic for the the faculty we don't the only thing that we have to do is make sure that uh, only the assignments that I want visible are published and that all of those have a due date. 
and and if we can we can do that, you know, our course may still be messy. It may still have a bunch of unpublished files and pages and so forth. But we've just made it a lot easier for the student and honestly for ourselves because this is a an automatically generated uh, artifact that you know if students want to they can print it out and put it on the refrigerator. And and also, um, Kyle, that that is a great check for faculty. I mean, if you just look at that page in student view, you'll know right away if you have problems and you've got old, old assignments. You'll see immediately and you won't have to search for them or go down through your modules. You just look at that Canvas course page and you're like, whoa, I have a bunch of old things that, a, that students can see. Um, so it's really also a great place for faculty to quickly identify um, any things that they really weren't intending students to see. Okay, so so we've identified that there is that there is a, a problem, and it's not just about housekeeping for the faculty member, although that's important. Uh, it, it's obviously for the student who's in in the current course. Uh, due dates are so important for direction and and uh, moving through the course and understanding what it is. So, to me, that scenario that you gave. Kyle, about a, a faculty member who's copied and copied and copied and copied the same course, when I would look at that, that would be so daunting of a task to try to clean up. What do you suggest? How, how, do, you, how do you fix that? I mean, that seems to me like something that will be 10 years long to, to fix. Right. Uh, so the, the first thing I would say is it, it doesn't have to be like that. It is something that you'll want to spend uh, a little time maybe over here and there over the course of a, of a couple of weeks. Uh, it's not something you want to sit down and just say, right, it's it's Saturday, so I'm going to clean my course, right? It, it's probably a little bit more than that. And you want to give it some time. But it, 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 it shouldn't feel daunting. It, I think it's something that needs to be done. But uh, if you follow a, a, a process uh, that we have articulated in in a guide and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast um, it it makes the task a lot more manageable and you know Lorene mentioned something earlier uh, just a second ago uh, one of the very early quick checks that you can do is click on that course syllabus and scroll down mm -hmm. and look at your course summary and summary and in fact this happened to me the other day I was creating a new course and I imported content and one of the pieces that I incorporated was a page. And uh, two years ago, I had clicked on the little button for the page setting that said, add this to the student to-do list. And it was showing up as a date on my course summary, right? But I knew it, I knew it immediately. Yep. So I click on the course summary and I was like, whoa, hang on. 2019 what's that doing there right and so I click because on the course summary it's it, when you're designing you can click and go straight yep. to that page I was like oh this is a page oh right I put this on the published student to-do list so unclick it go back to course summary gone. it's gone yeah 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 so Kyle you you mentioned uh, I, I think it's very obvious how to how to spot a course that needs to be clean all you have to do is just look in your own closet so to speak. Um, but in this um, thing that you've created, <laughs> the, the this course cleaning course guide, cleaning guide yes. that you've created, you talk about five steps to a cleaner course. Yeah. So what's that look like? How do you do that? Okay, so the first 
step, and you know, Chantal and Tyler can speak to this, and uh, is when we roll over our courses from semester to semester, a, a new template is applied to that course. And if we're not aware of that, and we import content from a previous course, when we click home, we're going to see something that we did not anticipate seeing. And so that's like that's the first step that we take, right? That's that happens to almost all of us. And uh, so the first step of the course cleaning guide is talking about why does that happen and a little bit deeper explanation that I've just given. But more importantly, how do I how do I fix that problem both in the short run, like i.e. my course is live tomorrow and I need to fix this now. But also in the long run, how do I how do I prevent this kind of thing from happening every single time a semester rolls over? Yeah. Now the second step is looking in at pages, and Canvas kind of has a little quirk with respect to like how do I look at and find all pages? Yes, Kyle. This is hey guys. This is Chantel, and one of my favorite quick checks, as you mentioned before, Kyle, um, quick checking um, is to look at the pages so that I can see how many extra pages that I might have in my course. It's sometimes working with faculty, um, even building my own courses and rolling them over. I've uh, tried to go into the pages and it'll take you to a landing page first, but there's a red button, it's, called, it's, it's like a magic button. <laughs> and it says to view all pages. If you click view all pages, it will show you all of the pages that you have in your course. And automatically one of the things you might notice you might see home one, home two, home three, <laughs> you know, about your instructor one, two, three, and you just, you're like, wait a minute. And so sometimes that can help you to understand where your links went, how your links disappeared, um, where's the information I already in uploaded that information to my homepage or to my about my instructor contact page. And it's there, it's just, uh, you know, Canvas may have renamed it. So that page is there so many times, the link that you need is somewhere in there. And that's one of the places that I love to go first to clean, clean up the course. So, so to that point, Chantel, uh, how do you know if, if I see um, uh, about your instructor one, about your instructor two, about your instructor three, which ones should be deleted and what ones should be kept? How do I know which is the right one? That's a fun one to deal with. Well, uh, what I usually do is I'll start looking through, and I'm usually doing this when I'm helping a faculty member to clean up some of their pages, and I'll look through to see where the information is uploaded. I may have to ask them, which one would you like? Because sometimes people update their information, pictures or videos, and so uh, we'll find the one that they want to use and then just grab the link out of the browser, and you can just replace the link so that the button on the home page that it links to, you can just replace that link. Um, and then you can go in and delete those other pages yes. if you don't want to keep by, those. By there. all means, delete all, all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. right. <laughs> and you know, just just to that point, uh, Chantal, you can probably speak to this because it sounds like you've helped a faculty member clean recently. Another problem, uh, Dale, is that sometimes all of those pages are still published. So that we have competing uh. published content 
Um, and if you know, if a student goes kind of hunting for that, some sometimes they could inadvertently land on, you know, content from a long time ago, which mm -hmm. could conceivably add to the confusion. Right. Unfortunately, I've noticed that recently as well. Um, one way is if you if you navigate um, on a page to the next and back buttons, if you use that to navigate through your module versus pressing the button that's um, for a module because every page doesn't necessarily have a button to go to a place. Sometimes it has a link to go forward or backward, you know, and so that's that's a way that students can get lost in the course, um, especially on pages that you don't mean for them to land on. So it's really important to try to check check things like that, go through looking for um, extra pages, old pages or old files, uh, old assignments, as we were saying before. And that's, you know, Chantal, I'm glad you mentioned assignments because the, the, the next few steps are, are dealing with specific parts of the Canvas database where our assignments reside, our modules reside, and our discussions reside. And so uh, in the course guide, we take those in, in uh, just in sequential steps, separate steps. So again, to kind of make this process easier. So it's not a matter of, oh, you know, hey, it's Saturday, so I'm going to clean my course. But it's, hey, it's Saturday, and today I'm going to tackle my discussions. So let's let's just play this out. I accidentally deleted <laughs> the wrong page. What? Help! Right. What do we do? Right. Well. Uh, First of all, don't panic because all, all is probably not lost, um, especially if we're dealing with a course where you have imported content. And I think the vast majority of our faculty do import into uh, their, uh, their current shell from semester to semester. So provided that you have a loose idea of the title of that deleted content and you have a general idea of, you know, kind of the last course that that was available, it's always possible to kind of just re-import that one artifact. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's almost never, quote unquote, lost. But I've, uh, in the guide, we actually address that. We have a separate little lesson there that said, in case of emergency deletion, click here, right? And the video there starts off, well, you're here. You've accidentally deleted something. <laughs> More than likely, there will be a way to recover it. Yeah. Once we've cleaned pages and front page and assignments, navigation, uh, discussions, and so forth, then we should have a pretty clean course. Now, th once that's done, what we want to do is have at least our CBU faculty get a hold of us, one of, one of us instructional designers, so we can do something called creating a meta course in the default template or the default term so that we can now import that beautiful pristine course into this meta shell mm -hmm. and that's where it lives it's going to live there unpublished it's kind of like um, this default term is kind of like uh, the nether zone in Superman. It doesn't exist in any term, but it exists conceivably in all terms. But it's nice and safe there. And from there, you can push the course into any given semester with just a couple clicks of a button. So I guess the question is, like, is it is it really that simple? And the answer is, yeah, mostly. Um, the one thing that we will have to do is know how to reset a uh, current semester course. 
And that can be a little bit scary uh, because we, remember we talked about earlier that um, one of the things that we do when we roll over to semester semester is we apply template uh, content into a, a current shell. Well, before we import a meta content, your nice pristine content into that shell, we need to nuke it. And uh, that's done through a, a reset button. Uh, and that's, you, you click that, you go to settings, and then over on the right-hand side, there's a button to say, reset the course. You click that button, you get this really scary message from Canvas about like, are you really sure that you are wanting to do this? And here are all the ramifications. And the answer is yes, because what it does is it clears out all the content, but it doesn't touch any of the enrollment data. So it makes it, it ensures that what we what we have just created for ourselves in any given current course is a nice blank template, a nice blank shell, and then from there I can import my pristine, clean course, and I don't have to worry about this issue with new home pages and content showing up that I didn't intend to because a hundred percent of that content is going to be imported and nothing else is is going to be there a funny story Tyler will remember this uh, we had just gotten um, canvas it was newly built and we were launching it for the first time it was summer of 2019 we had an online faculty training which is our basic training course for faculty um, another instructional designer had been working on this uh, online faculty training course feverishly trying to get it ready and Saturday I believe Saturday before the course began on Monday she accidentally thinking this was the right thing to do she thought she was resetting to a previous version and she hit reset and lost the whole thing and and frantic you know we don't have time to rebuild this thing it starts in two days so feverish emails back and forth and Tyler uh, came through as the saint he is I don't know what he did what magic he did Tyler I, I don't know if you want to explain what what you did but at least we understand if a course is deleted there is a way to get it back, even though Canvas itself says, no way, it's gone. <laughs> yes, you want to be very careful. Um, so when you delete individual items, uh, like Kyle said, you know, there's a good chance you, you actually have a, a version of it in a previous term that you might be able to recover. Uh, Canvas also does have an undelete option. Uh, it's kind of kind of works like an undo button. Um, it works most of the time. Um, but when you when you reset a whole course, um, it, it is really scary. Um, but one of the things that, that, that we discovered was when you reset a course, um, the enrollments aren't, uh, aren't touched, but a new course number is actually assigned. So if you look up at the top of the URL and you're reading the URL, you know the, the last part of that of that it's like slash and it gives it a, it's an internal Canvas course ID number. Um, it's not the same number that, that's assigned to it, like your sys ID or, or your course code or anything like that. It, it's, a, it's internal to Canvas, and it assigns it a new number. And what we were able to do was actually recover that old course because we, 
we were able to figure out what that old course ID was, and we were actually able to kind of go into the undo using that old course ID number and recover that old course. So um, I I would say it it worked that time. I said I wouldn't I wouldn't trust on that. I would say um, you know be very careful when you are deleting things and resetting things. Um, but I would say if you do make a mistake and you're just lost, always reach out to, you know, CBU uh, folk, reach out to us. Um, I would say, you know, any institution you've got, you've got people, you got instructional designers or IT specialists that can help you. Uh, a, lo a lot of times they can find creative ways, even, even if the, the manual, the how-to says there's nothing you can do, like, Sometimes we can find some creative ways to, to recover that for you. So, um, but just be very careful. Uh, a good a good practice, and, and I think just another word to a meta course is it's just another backup of all your content. So if you do accidentally hit something that you didn't mean, then there's a backup somewhere where you're able to recover that information. And I, I just wanted to interject as I mean as former faculty that that taught online. Um, you know, I, I can see some faculty like being a little depressed, like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to read a guide to clean my course. I mean, I spent all this time building it and now I have to do this. Um, so, you know, I think what, what gave me great hope when, um, Kyle unveiled this guide for cleaning a course is that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but my understanding is, yes, it is gonna take a little bit of time, and like you said, you can spread it out, or, um, but it will take a little time to clean it, and then to, to have that, to work with CDI, and have that meta shell, that meta course built. Um, but once you do that, you're done, right? I mean, then, then it's a matter of just maintaining that meta course. That's right, that's, that's correct, that's right. yeah. And, and so when you roll over from, from semester to semester the only thing that you're going to do is reset the current semester course and then import your meta content that's it and then so there's not ever going to be any of this last minute oh my gosh like the front page isn't reading you know who do who do i get a hold of this is terrible uh likewise there's not going to be you know conflicting data uh, that's all published that students could conceivably access and you know again now that now it's not the hurried email from the faculty, but it's the panicked email, you know, from the student. So, a lot of those issues end up getting mitigated. Yes, this is a front-end loaded process, mm -hmm. but we've tried to develop a guide that, you know, it's just 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes there, and then a couple weeks, you're you're there. You've got this really clean course, and you've got this really what we consider to be a clean process right. uh, to roll those courses over. Uh, from semester to semester with the greatest convenience. So it really does sound like it's an investment, but it's going to pay off semester after semester for you and your students um, that you won't that there won't be this frustration on both ends. Yeah, one of one of the benefits of teaching online is the fact that once you get your 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 course built, it is it is work to get it built, but once you get it built, then it's, although you don't want to leave it as static, you want to update it, but it's it's there in all of its glory and all of its beauty, and you want to maintain that pristine um, version of the course so that you can reuse it and then update it as need be. 
So it's great points, y'all. Anybody else want to add to this? Yeah, go ahead, Chantel. Yeah, I have a question um, about the meta course. So occasionally there are there are particular things, uh, you know, as we move through the modules that each week before the module, I'm, I want to say to my students, maybe in an announcement, is there a way to, can you bring some of your announcements with you um, in, an, in a meta course? I know that I might have to update you know, dates or add in new things, you know, for a particular class, you know, um, each class is its own thing. Um, but sometimes some of the announcements, they go along with my modules. And so can you bring those with you? Yeah. In well, a meta course? And that's the, that's the cool thing about it. You know, I, I have uh, some faculty that when they push into a semester that uh, they, they, that's it. They, they don't they don't really tinker around with the content of their particular semester shell. But we have others, as you're mentioning there, that do add some, some content. So my uh, suggestion to those faculty is that's, that's great. Two, two ways that you can address that. One is you can reset your meta and import 100% of your current course content into the meta shell so that it becomes the new meta. Or So the announcements follow that? That's correct. Okay. And so, uh, or uh, you realize that you've created certain bits and pieces of content, for example. So you look at announcements and you say, all right, so into my meta course, I want to only import the announcements that I made into this current mm -hmm. semester. And then okay. when you import that, you want to make sure that you go into announcements and those, you know, those are unpublished. And maybe you want to organize them specifically and say, oh, you know, these are announcements from fall 2021, which you can do with a header in modules. So it's, it's it, Chantal, I th hopefully I've answered that question. I think that Canvas has yes. really great tools to help us if I'm that type of faculty that really, yeah, I did some great stuff in this particular semester shell and I want to keep it. Yeah. So yes, the, the announcements can come over. Uh, it's luckily the import is granular. You can choose what you want to come over or not. And um, you know, I always remind people to, to remember when you're using announcements, they're, they're great because you can have them at the top of your course, but you might want to copy and paste that information into your email, into an email that you actually send out to students. Um, notifications, if students have it set up correctly, they will receive an email when an announcement's made, but a student may have that turned off. So if you, if it's really important information, you want to make sure that you not only put that in your announcements, but send out an email to your students. And also, I think Chantel, Chantel had brought up looking at old announcements. Um, yes, um, uh, helping helping an instructor one time, um, and we were importing. Um, so it's it's really important to check your check your announcements, check everything um, once you've imported, just to see what you have there. Um, so the announcements came over and, and it needed some updates. So you wanna check for you know um, information that you've shared that may have been particular to a semester or dates or due dates and things like that, referencing. Um, everything may not be evergreen, so you might have to update a few little things. Always make sure you check those announcements. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you've inherited that course, you know, some yes. some some content may get imported from a, not just a previous semester, but from a previous faculty member. And again, I think that that speaks towards uh, being cautious, but also getting our courses clean, right? To to make sure that the content that I am pushing in uh, to a course shell and and putting out to students is 
the content that's specific to me in my course in this particular semester. Okay, so so to wrap this up, um, imported courses uh, naturally come with baggage. And to keep from having a course be the model of a hoarding course, we want to clean those up. And it's not just for the purpose of cleanliness, although that's helpful, and not just so the faculty knows what they're doing, but this is so that the, the students them, themselves have a clear understanding of the course and, and a pathway from beginning to end without confusing dates and, and confusing documents. Um, we want, we want the, the student to be clear about their direction toward the end of the course. So we hope that, that what we've described today, and specifically uh, those of you that use Canvas or those that use a different LMS, think about how you might use uh, a separate course shell that you can keep pristine and then import from that course shell to create your, the next course uh, that you're going to be teaching. Our whole intent is to make it easier for you uh, and for your students. So on behalf of CBU CDI team, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And we hope you'll continue with us on this journey as we seek to bring the Lasallian way online.